Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining me. It's a Monday. It's the 21st of September, and uh, we have a lot to get through today. As always, this is a show about stock market investing and what we call um, quantumental investing. That's the approach we take. It's the combination of quantitative execution using algorithms to tell us when to commit capital, when to protect it. We combine it with a fundamental foundation. That's the information edge I share with you on these shows. So ARMOR stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. And what we're going to discuss really today is that um, our job, as we see it, is to get us and you on the right side of probabilities over and over and over again so that over time our net worth can grow because we commit capital when reward is worth the risk and it's an optimal entry point. And we protect capital when that um, equation changes, okay? So um, dramatic change took place seven days ago, and we talked about it right here on the show. So we're going to go over the market again. We're going to discuss what's happening on the plus side and the negative side. So we're going to weigh, and then we're going to talk about what our approach is depending on which way the market breaks, how we're going to attack it. Then, of course, we're going to talk about precious metals because today is a very important day in that investment process. So before I jump in, as always, if you appreciate this show, give me a thumbs up. It'll help me. Down here, guys. You can subscribe to this channel and also to the Armor Report, which is a bit of a deeper dive into what we do on these calls every day or every couple of days a week. Okay, so um, don't forget, I don't know you directly, although I really appreciate your time spent with me. So I can't possibly tell you what stocks to buy or how to manage your portfolio. What I'm doing today and every day is I share my 30 plus years of experience doing this. I share my successes. I share my failures. I'm trying to help you become a better manager of your own capital. Okay? And so what we do here is we follow the armor investing way. It breaks down into three stages. First stage is to build our whiteboard of fundamental ideas that we have an interest in investing uh, our capital in. Okay? And the second step is to use the armor algorithms to commit capital when the optimal opportunity shows up from a probability standpoint and to protect capital when it doesn't. And we have algorithms for the big indexes, for the groups, and for individual stocks. And then, of course, the third stage is to manage risk and use stop losses. The idea here is to Develop your investment strategy when the TV's off and the market's closed, and then execute it ruthlessly throughout the day. Not get led astray by something you hear on Fast Money. Not get led astray because you read something in Business Insider, but to execute what you know is right because you created that strategy before all the noise and the carnival barkers and the snake oil salesmen tried to get you off your game. Okay, And the way we do it is by really using algorithms and stop-loss disciplines to protect our capital and our wealth. 
So at the Armour Report, and I called it that, risk management research, algorithmic risk management. Because we believe the best way to increase net worth is to protect your capital first and then capture upside. So let's get to the market. Let me first say, just because we talk about protecting capital doesn't mean we don't lose money, right? We're not trying to top tick the markets. We have a certain cushion that will, will allow our net worth to trade within. And when it breaks a certain level, that's our stop. We execute and get out and we take a breath and say, what's happening now and what's our next move? So let's look at the, the, um, the S&P first. It's our favorite way to start. It's the biggest index. This is the SPY, the ETF. We have an index-only portfolio, the Armour index-only portfolio. All we do is invest in the top seven indexes. And we told you on the 11th, our risk monitor went red. So the Saturday of the 12th, I expressed to you that this means every index in our index-only portfolio had been sold with the exception of the Dow and the S&P. And those two indexes, we had reduced exposure 40%. Okay? After today, we are 100% cash in that index-only portfolio. So we got risk monitor red back here, and we still held some positions. Market rallied up for a couple days, right? And we talked about how the minute you sell things, you think they're never going to come back down. But then, of course, the market took out the low of the day we sold things, right? And so that sale was obviously a good sale. Okay, and now today, it, it, the Dow gets blown out as well. So every index, we carry these, the following seven positions. The S&P, the Dow, these are all ETFs we, we own in this index-only portfolio. As you can see, the Dow closed below the 50. So now it's now out of the portfolio. We added the Dow back here. It was an incredible run, and it's closed below the 50. We're out. Okay? The triple Qs were the first to really breach. Now, interestingly enough, it's a blue day. So at the end of the day, the Qs are trying to make a stand around the 50. That's the third index. The fourth index that we will own is the small cap index. Okay, Let's see if we can get our software to answer. I'll tell you what. Oh, there it is. All right, so now you're seeing the small cap index. Obviously, small caps broke below the 50 as well. Now, they're closer to the 200 because they didn't go up nearly as much as the rest of the market. So we'll see if the 200 holds. Okay. Now we have the momentum index, MTUM. As you can see, that's the strongest index right now as it broke below, but then recaptured that 50. We're already out of the index though, not in the portfolio right now. The value index, okay? Clearly breaking down, proving my point that I've been making for months now, that you don't buy value stocks at the beginning of a new bull market. They underperform dramatically, okay? 
Um, and you need to buy value for a reason. You don't just buy value for value. Okay. But we did buy it down here because this is one of our seven indexes and we did make some money on this position. All right. And then our favorite index is the IBD 50. And as you can see here, we got stopped out of the IBD 50 actually on this day, cratered below the 50. We were out right in here. Okay. We've been out ever since, but it's trying to put a double bottom in. And it had a really strong day. This, these are the disruptive growth stocks. Okay. So to round out those seven, no longer do we have any position in our index only portfolio. The risk monitor red for more than a week now. We're now looking for our next entry point. So the first thing I wanted to say is this. A couple of thoughts about risk monitor red. I spoke about it a week ago and I'll say it again. First of all, in, in this mechanical bull market, which has been going on since 2009, the correlations are almost 100%. All assets go up and down together. It's bizarre. It's frustrating. Assets you think should hold up as the market goes down crater. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay, So there's no place to hide. When you get risk monitor red, it's best to protect capital, Go to cash in anything that's breaking through a stop. Okay? Some positions are still in our other armor portfolios. We have three portfolios that we monitor, we create, and we share with armor insiders, subscribers. Okay? You subscribe down here, the armor report, armrreport.com. And so in the other two portfolios, the aggressive and conservative portfolio, we still have a couple names in the portfolio that have made it through the storm. They never got stopped out, so they're still in. They could get stopped out tomorrow. We'll see. Okay? So you get high correlations. What could be disturbing, there's a really yin and yang to this mechanical bull market. It seems like on the one hand, it's very disturbing to see the strongest groups break down aggressively because the leadership leads the market lower. And that's what's been happening with the NASDAQ 100 and the IBD 50. Now today, they had a nice recovery in the last hour of the day. So maybe that's the start of something green that we'll be able to buy, okay? Maybe the risk monitor can go back to green over the next couple of days or weeks. But the serious takedown of the precious metals group today, which has been the leading sector in the market and the biggest exposure for armor portfolios going back all the way to early March, I mean, late March, early April, okay? Now we don't own GDX, but we owned our favorite names in GDX. And I've been talking to you guys about this uptrending channel and we see the pennant and we expected a breakout, which we were having, okay? And then today we get the failure and the breakdown. I'm gonna to get to that in a minute. But when you see, and let's just rip through a couple of charts. When you see leadership, okay, cratering down to the 200-day moving average, okay, breaking down from a clear blow-off top, right? Apple tried to hold the 50-day. That's great. Okay, Microsoft breaking below the 50. Okay, leadership, Amazon breaking down. Okay, and the list goes on. I mean, I could go on and on with this list. When you see leadership breaking down like that, and then you see a takedown like we saw in precious metals today, which we'll go over in a minute, 
that generally is very bearish. It tells you perhaps something more sinister is afoot. Something's wrong with the market. Okay? But the interesting thing about this market is there's a very yin and yang movement in the market. Like, what looks like the end of the world is right around the corner from the next risk-on-buy signal. So I'm not here to tell you this is wildly bearish and start putting shorts on. We don't have any shorts on. Okay? I think the market's going higher. I just think it got ahead of itself. And for whatever reasons we don't see right now, there's a major retrace going on. Okay? So what we do right now in the Armour Investing Way is we are working on our whiteboard, building a list of our favorite names, not because we love these names, not because we think they're great, but because the price action is proving that their leadership in the face of a market that's getting wrecked. Example, you all know I'm a big fan of Roku. Now, I don't own it right now, right? So this day makes me sick, okay? Because when I go to Risk Monitor Red, I sell almost everything, okay? And I raised my position right out, even though it stayed above the 50. So theoretically, I should still be in this stock because it never broke below its stop of the 50-day moving average, okay? But there's an idea. Pinterest. What we're looking for now are relative strength performers, stocks whose relative strength is a lot stronger than the market. And when that relative strength breaks out to a new high before the stock does, it generally is a great time to buy the stock. So if the market bottoms and we get a risk on buy signal, the first thing we do is buy stocks on our whiteboard where the relative strength has made a new high before the stock. Pinterest relative strength made a new high today. As you can see, the stock's not at a new high. Okay? We're doing work on this company right here, Elastic. ESTC, okay? Coming out of a beautiful base with relative strength breaking out above um, and breaking out to a new high well before the stock. Now, guys, these are just a couple of examples. I'm not telling you I'm buying these today, okay? And if you want to know when I'm buying these stocks and if I'm buying these stocks, then you want to become an Armour Insider, okay? Spend all day with me on the Armour Slack trading desk and we'll share ideas, and I'll let you know when I'm putting the capital to work. But I'm just showing you a couple of examples. Now, you could do your own homework. Look for companies whose relative strength is breaking out as the market goes down. It's my favorite way to find leadership. So that's what we're doing. Now, let's skip over to precious metals before I get to your, your questions. Okay? There's no, there's no way. There's no way I can possibly... Put lipstick on that pig of a chart. Okay? It would be detrimental. It would be unfair if I tried to come up with the reasons why silver's breaking down, and yet it's right around the corner from a skyrocket. Okay? I'll leave that to other guys on the Internet who love to come up with conspiracy theories and who love to come up with discussions about physical demand, and all these other things, okay? I'll leave it up to them to, to build up this mirage of possibility. I don't do that at the Armour Report. I put you on the right side of probability and statistics over and over again 
so we can capture massive upside and then protect capital when we have to. And if you look at this chart of silver, okay, I, you know I love silver. You know I love gold. You know I've been in this position all the way back here, okay? We didn't own silver. This is the silver ETF. We own spot physical silver, PSLV, okay? Way back here. Way back here we bought it, all right? We had a huge gain in the stock. But that doesn't mean I'm going to sit here and hold it when a very clear pennant breaks down in a massive way. Now, let me share with you my thoughts on this. I was talking to an Armour Insider. He was saying to me, how could it possibly break down when the Fed says all that they said at um, Jackson Hole about easy money and, and wanting inflation above 2% and, and keeping interest rates at zero forever and making more asset purchases and more stimulus coming? How can it possibly break down? And I say, that's the point. How can you get all of that great good news and it breaks down? What's going on that we don't know? Okay, and then I hear other guys tell me, there's massive physical demand for silver. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. And that might present itself a week from now, a month from now. I don't know. Could happen tomorrow for all I know. But what I won't do is sit here and hold the asset, coming up with reasons why there's a conspiracy to take it down. Okay? I won't do that. Is it possible? I'm just going to use SLV for a moment because I've marked up the chart. Is it possible that this is a shakeout and tomorrow it reverses and skyrockets. Is that a possibility? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what else is a possibility? Every time you go to the craps table and you roll the dice, you might get snake eyes. You have a 44 to 1 chance. Does that mean it's the smart play? Because it might happen? Is it my ego getting in the way? I don't want to sell it. I've made so much money. Maybe it's going to go up tomorrow. I'll look stupid. It's true. I might look stupid. I'm on YouTube right now telling everybody that I just sold my gold and silver stocks. They're going to skyrocket tomorrow. I'm going to look stupid. Guess what? This is not about how I look. It's not about my ego. It doesn't make a difference. All this is about protecting capital and capturing upside when the probabilities are in our favor. And let me tell you something, friends. When the chart looks like that, the probabilities are not in our favor. Now, let me say something else. Should silver reverse tonight and be up 15% tomorrow, breaking out above the top side of that pattern, right? Should I wake up in the morning and see SLB above 26 I will buy my positions back immediately. I have a morning mantra that I follow. Armor Insiders know this. You can find it on the website, armorreport.com. 
under armor investing rules of the road. And you've heard me say this before, guys, who've been here following me for a while on YouTube. You know I say this. Every morning I get up and I say, I don't care what asset I made money on yesterday or I lost money on yesterday. I don't care if I sold something yesterday and I feel like I have to buy it today. It makes no difference to me. My ego is not involved here. All I do every morning is I look at my whiteboard, I look at the positions, and if they demand my attention, I take an action. If silver does that tomorrow, I will buy these positions back. No questions asked. I'll tell you why. It'll put me on the right side of probabilities. Because when a chart like this breaks down and then immediately reverses, statistically speaking, there is a high probability, and I mean like in the 90s, that the asset's going to skyrocket. Because what will happen is this is just a trap. This just trapped people. This just took people out on a shakeout. And then it reverses. And I will be so happy to buy it back at 26 because I'll know this thing is going to the moon, right? Going into the 30s, maybe even the 40s and 50s. The probabilities will be back on my side if that happens. But right now, looking at that chart, probabilities are much higher. This asset is going lower in the near term. I don't know why. Okay? I know all the statistics about physical demand okay, and all these things we talk about every week. I'll tell you this. You want a conspiracy theory. There has been ample evidence that J.P. Morgan has cornered the silver market. So theoretically, that should put the price of silver up a lot. But we don't know what J.P. Morgan is really up to. I mean, come on, guys. They were indicted last year for manipulating silver. What, all of a sudden, they're altruistic and they're not manipulating anymore, but somehow they have cornered the market on silver from everything we're hearing? I don't know what they're doing. They can dump a whole bunch of silver on the market to wreck the price so that they can buy even more before it skyrockets. Who knows? Who knows what they're doing? The only thing that matters to me is that an elephant is in the room. Okay? And I don't want to be stepped on. So I protect capital first, booking huge profits from our early April entry point, late March entry point. And I step aside and I wait for the next opportunity. If it presents tomorrow, I'll put capital back to work. If it takes a couple weeks or a couple months, okay, so what? I'll put money back to work then. And we'll let our algorithms tell us when to commit capital. Those are my thoughts for tonight. I'll open it up to questions. Anything you got for me, guys, let's talk. All right. Um, Butch, hope all is well. Nice to see you, my friend. Looking to sign up at the end of the week. I can't wait to have you. We look forward to having you join us in the Slack chat room. Or let's call it the Slack trading desk is what it really is for us. Would you be comfortable to risk on if there's a gap up tomorrow with the finish above the gap tomorrow? Sorry about the double tomorrows. 
I'm assuming, are you talking about the market, uh, the, the, the market in general? Um, the market in general, I have algorithms set up, right, proprietary algorithms for the seven indexes I've gone over. I can tell you with a fair amount of certainty that none of those indexes are in the position to give us a risk on buy signal tomorrow. That's not a guarantee. It's possible something happens that turns um, one of our algorithms positive and I start putting some money back to work. But um, they're not at, to the naked eye, none of those seven indexes are in the position right now to give us a risk-on signal. It would more, to me, be like by the end of the week. Like if tomorrow is a big reversal day on the upside, and then we get some type of a formation during the week, and on Friday it closes strong, we might get a risk-on buy signal then. But it would be odd for it to just go from an absolute crater like it is right now to total reversal time to put money to work. In fact, if it gaps and goes tomorrow morning, I would be more inclined. I mean, I'm not, I'm not shorting, but I'm saying I'd be more inclined to sell short that idea than think I should be buying it. What I'd really like to see, if you're asking me what would get me to go long the market, let's say for a day trade tomorrow that might turn into an overnight trade if it turns out to be a great trade, is um, a gap down tomorrow morning that holds the lows, we get a reversal, and it rips, right? So sometimes we're looking for those entries. Or a gap up tomorrow that immediately closes the gap but holds, gives us a reversal, we'll get long. In the Slack trading room, we have a day trade channel where we're looking for those opportunities. If I get that tomorrow, I'll put a trade on. The, uh, you know, the, the triple Qs, the S&P, the Dow, but it would probably be a day trade. In the rare event that a day trade turns into a risk on buy signal by the end of the day, sometimes we hold it overnight and we're in, you know, and we're in. So we'll see. I don't know. All right, Bruno, thanks for what you do. Any thoughts on uh, LONW? And thank you for thanking me, my friend. Thanks for being here to allow me to express myself because it helps me execute my own strategies. Um, I've looked into this stock before, the LLNW. Let's go take a look at it again. Oops, that's not the chart. There you go. So um, this is edge delivery, right? Kind of like Fastly. Poor man's Fastly. The chart doesn't look that bad. But let me give you an idea of, um, so first of all, I just, this is not a name that I have an interest in. I've done research on it. And it doesn't work for me. Okay. So I don't want to discourage you if it's a company you like, you know, have at it, but uh, fundamentally it doesn't make the whiteboard from work I've done in the past. If you wanted to see a graphic representation of a chart pattern that um, is setting up the way I like, take a look at Pinterest. So here's the relative strength line. See this blue line here? See that number 96? The 96 relative strength on Pinterest. If you draw a line across the tops of the relative strength, you're going to notice that the relative strength has broken out to a new high. Meanwhile, the price of the stock is still below its all-time high. That's typically a fantastic setup. 
So I'm looking for ideas like that. So when I look at, if you, anybody who brings me an idea tonight and we look at this thing, if we see relative strength, look here, relative strength is straight down. It's an 89, not too bad, but not even close to making a relative strength high. There's no edge here whatsoever for me. What do you think about NVIDIA? Says Jason. Jason, nice to see you. So there's NVIDIA. Okay. So again, the relative strength is not breaking out. It's not that you can't buy the stock. It's just um, I, I'm all about opportunity cost of money. You guys hear me talk about this all, all the time. It gets annoying maybe, but I have to reiterate it over and over. I only have so much money to put to work in my portfolio. So where do I go? I got a list of names not along. Right? And we try to cut those names down in different ways. So when it comes to <clears throat> taking action on a stock during a market correction, my favorite thing to do is look for relative strength breakouts ahead of the price. And those things usually show up during market sell-offs like we're getting now. The market's getting whacked, but Pinterest is not going down. So it's relative strength starts to break out. So when I look at NVIDIA, um, it looks like, first of all, blow off top. This thing skyrocketed and, and imploded. So that usually takes time to develop uh, a new pattern that's viable. And at the moment, the relative strength not making a new high. So it doesn't make me real interested in owning the stock. It's a market stock. You know, if the market goes up, to, and the same thing could be said about Tesla. Okay. All right. So here's Tesla looking at uh, a 99 relative strength. Looks great. Now, look, if Tesla's relative strength blew out to a new high, uh, you might want to own it because it means maybe it's going to attack 500. But at the moment, this pattern looks like a blow-off pattern after a stock split. They got everyone excited. All right. Let's see what else we have. Um, Nelly, anything to SILV looking to be up almost 6% in the aftermarket? Or is it low volume manipulation? All right. Let's take a look at SILV. Okay, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm looking right now, Nelly, at um, my other computer screen over here is um, my execution software screen, right? And so I'm looking at the bid and offer right now. And the bid and offer is $9.43 to $9.75. And the stock closed at $9.42. So there's no 6% move higher in SILV. And besides, in the aftermarket, the bid and offer can change wildly. It doesn't really mean anything, particularly on smaller cap stocks. AM, okay, so Mark is saying AMD and Twilo. Let's take a look at those two stocks. Okay, AMD's holding on the 50-day after having a blow-off run and a pullback to the 50. Relative strength is average, right? It's not, it's not giving us any edge right here. Okay? And TWLO. I've always wanted to get into this stock. I've missed it all the way up. Okay, that looks like a classic double top to me. Right? Now, I'm just sharing my thoughts, guys. You, you do whatever you want. If you love the name, you want to own it, go for it. But that chart pattern doesn't sing to me at all. Relative strength in a downtrend, double top, massive selling, takes it below the 50. No interest in that stock to me. That's just to me. 
JC, um, thoughts on AMD? All right, the, nothing. I just went over that. Nothing I can really add to the to the picture. I'm not a buyer of that chart pattern. William, any thoughts on NTR? Let's see. Manufactures fertilizers. What are your thoughts there, my friend? It's a strong dividend, possible commodity bull market to come. Hmm. Well, I'd have to do a little bit more research on that. I'm not a big fan of fertilizers, although I have invested in the group before, and if you catch them right, they can be big winners. But look at the massive downtrend this thing has been in since 2012, my friend, 2011. And, and, and you're going to try to call the bottom in fertilizers? Not, not, not for me, my friend, not for me. Bruno, has Overstock finally found the bottom? Okay. Let's take a look at Overstock. Wow. Um, just, a, just a terrible chart pattern there, right? I mean, it was great, and then it had a blow-off, and now it's coming down. I couldn't really tell you what to what to make of that pattern other than there's nothing there's nothing there that looks viable to me. There's no setup there. Let's look at um here's an example of a setup I look for. Okay? Elastic. Okay? New issue back here, set up this big base. Now it's coming out of the base. It blows out of the base, pulls back right to the top of the base, and the relative strength is making a new high. That's the type of setup I'm looking for. You guys with me on that? Thoughts on FVRR? Let's take a look. Hey, look at that. You got a new high in relative strength in FVRR. Okay. I mean, it's closer to something I would have an interest in. I'd like to see a better pullback than that. I don't see a chart pattern there that I love. But let's go take a look at this for a second. Let's go take a look here. At this chart, just to take a look, take a different look. So you have a tight consolidation here, and you know the relative strength is already broken out, which would suggest this stock is going to make a new high. That's that's a name that could probably make it through if I had a, a, a real interest in it. Look at the uptrend; the stock stays above the twenty. Five-day moving average. It stays above its previous low. So you look at fiber, and then you look at like, you know, Amazon. I mean, Amazon's just totally imploding, right? And here's here's an example of a future, you know, leader. Stock holds up in the uptrend. Relative strength breaking out. That's probably a name for the list. Maybe I should add it to my own list. Thanks for that. Thanks for that, Bruno. How about Upwork? You said. It's, you're not the first guy to bring that to my attention today. What's so good about Upwork? You know, guys, I don't know. I tried to use Upwork in my own business, and so I guess I'm a little bit biased against it. I, I didn't really like it. It didn't really work for me. Um, let's look at the chart pattern. I mean, that pattern looks pretty good right there, right? It's a tight consolidation. Let's go look at the O'Neill pattern. All right, so... You know, what would get me more interested is if we saw Upwork's relative strength breaking out to a new high, and, and that would be leading the price, and it's not doing that right now, whereas FVRR's relative strength already hit a new high. 
So look, guys, that's not the only way to buy a stock. It's just one of my favorite ways when the market's in the midst of a correction. So there's nothing wrong with that pattern on Upwork. But, you know, honestly, I would rather buy the guy who's killing it. I mean, look at that chart pattern. They're killing it. But they're all the strength breaking out. If you're buying Upwork, you're really hoping that they're turning their business model around. And I would have to do some research on this and listen to some conference calls to see if I believe that they're going to be able to turn that business around. And maybe I'll do that this week, and I'll speak to you guys on Saturday about what I find. All right, stopped out on Newmont Friday and Pan America today, but MAG and BTG closed well above 50 held positions. I'm thinking to sell even if the stops are intact if gold and silver decline tomorrow. Any thoughts? Well, there's the rub, right? You know, there's two, there's two schools of thought. Let me give you one. Uh, I just did a whole video about this, okay? I sold DraftKings right here because I anticipated that it was going to violate the stock, right? And I wish I didn't. I could have made a lot of money, right? Now, I sold Roku, right, because I anticipated it was going to break down. Right, and, and instead it held above the 50-day, and it was up 17% today. I could have really used that in my portfolio. So now we're going to go to Mag Silver, and I'm going to tell you that I sold Mag Silver today. It's out of my portfolio, but it did close above the stop. So theoretically, I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't do it until it closes below the 50. So you just have to make your own decision. What got me out of the stock? is this chart pattern, okay? I don't see MAG silver going up if silver itself is imploding. Now, if silver stops here and reverses, the first stock I'll buy back is MAG. I don't know if that helps or not. Um, but uh, th those are my thoughts there. There are some gold stocks that are still above their 50-day moving average, and you could hold them. But I chose to exit Agnico Eagle, even though it's still above its 50. I chose to exit Kirkland. Oh, it closed below the 50s. You can see why I did that. But anyway, it's kind of up to you, uh, the type of portfolio you're running. If you're a conservative investor and you're trying to hold on to your capital, then you see a breakdown like that in silver, you just step aside. Okay? If you're willing to give it some more room, if you want to try to hold something more long-term, then stick to your guns. Your stop's the 50. If it stays above the 50, you stay with it. Okay? That's kind of up to you. Hoping to buy PSLV on a lower dip. Tech Monkey, I'm with you 100%. Let's take a look at the chart pattern and see if we could come up with a place we'd like to buy it. Where's the next support on PSLV? Well, first of all, it might stop here. Okay? It's not, I mean, look, a pennant breakdown like that usually goes down a lot. But we know the fundamentals shouldn't let it go down a lot. So maybe it stops here. I don't know. You know, but really the next stop is here, the 200-day. Wind it all the way back and close all of these gaps for reasons that won't make any sense to any of us. You know, I'm not predicting that's going to happen. What I'm going to do is read and react to the chart pattern. If this is a one-day sell-off and it holds support for a couple days and then has a big update, taking it back above these tops, I'm going to buy it back. 
So I'd like to buy it cheaper, but I might have to pay up more uh, up for it. And you know what? Deb, that's just the, the that's just the risk of managing risk. The risk of managing risk is that you protect capital and the asset skyrockets the next day. It, sometimes it happens. And you just can't care about it. Either you buy the asset back or you look for some other pasture and you let it go and you wait for another entry point at some other point in the future that makes more sense. All right. Um, Jesse says, uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm using the GDX August 11th low as my current PM stocks. Okay, I, I like that idea. Sounds like you adjusted yours a bit higher. Yeah, let's go look at that real quick. Okay. You're doing right here. And I, I don't disagree with you, man. That might hold. You know, if I was, if I was, um, we all have a different threshold. So there's no right or wrong answer. Using that low of the 11th could be exactly the right thing to do. And I'll regret that I sold it today. Now, I don't own GDX, but I sold my gold stocks today. Okay. But there's just no room for regret. So I say, on the one hand, I'll regret it because it'll go up tomorrow. But in the grand scheme of things, I don't regret anything. I protect my capital first. I'll tell you what I regret. I regret not executing when I think I should and having the asset drop dramatically and losing a lot of money. That's what I regret. I don't regret a stock that goes up after I sell it. Right? We had five months of massive gains. I raised my stop because the 50-day moving average was going higher, see? So the 50 days up here, it closed below the 50. All right, now, really, you could have used this day here. I should have, you know, you could argue I should use September 8th as my low. It touched it and bounced off of it. But here's why I really did it. This is just CDX. But I went and looked at the leadership, the two biggest names in GDX, Newmont Mining, that's clearly breaking down. And Gold Corp. Now, if these things hold here and reverse tomorrow and recapture the 50, we could talk about repositioning. But for right now, overnight, I'm stepping aside. I want to see how these things trade over the next couple of days. So it's really just a difference in how we run money. If you're trying to trade less and you're willing to take a little more risk, then you stay with it till that stop that you're looking at. Makes sense. But for me, I don't mind trading more, and I don't mind buying something back the day after I sell it. And that's an acquired taste. Not a lot of people can do that. It's hard to do. I get it. But I really don't look at it that way. I just It's looking through the prism differently. If the thing goes up tomorrow and it gives me a buy signal, I buy it. I really don't care what I did yesterday. I come in every day looking at my whiteboard, seeing what stocks require my attention. That's it. If I get stopped out of something and it immediately reverses higher, it requires my attention, and I'll put the position back on. FCX, Chris, you know, um, I never get involved in FCX. It's got the copper component. It's got Indonesia, which, you know, who knows what's going to happen next there. 
But I do, I've been watching the stock because obviously it's got the copper component and, and you know, it's been a real nice run here. There's nothing wrong with it, and it's clearly outperforming a lot of other gold silver stocks. But I think it's because of the copper part. And if you ha- if you own the stock, you really wouldn't sell it yet. I mean, it hasn't even gone below the 25-day moving average. So it's kind of performing uh, to the march, uh, marching to the beat of its own drum there. Go Tampa Bay Lightning! I'm with you on that. Hey, Bruno, I love your analogy. That is absolutely right. Upwork is to Fiverr what LLNW is to Fastly. And so the way I like to invest, I'd rather own Fastly and Fiverr. I want the leaders, and I let the laggards go to somebody else. Let's take a look at NET. Ooh, that could be a tasty chart. Right? Nice consolidation. Break below the 50. Recaptures the 50 today. Oops, that is not what I wanted to do. Let's take a look at um, the O'Neill chart. I'm curious what that relative strength looks like. Uh, uh, Not as sexy. Not as sexy on this chart. Still looks kind of muddled to me. How about this one? What CrowdStrike? Look at the relative strength on CrowdStrike. Blown out to a new high. The stock isn't even close to its old high. That's an interesting chart. All right, my friends. This has been lots of fun. We're coming up on uh, the hour mark. Last questions you got for me. I'll take a couple more, and then we'll wrap it up for the night. I hope you found this helpful. I appreciate you spending time with me tonight. Any other thoughts for me? No? We good? Okay, guys, listen, I appreciate your time. Let's have a great day trading tomorrow. Don't come into the day tomorrow with expectations. Just read and react to what the market's telling you. Okay? Armor Insiders, I'll see you in the Slack trading desk tomorrow, bright and early, 8.30, for our morning meeting call. Okay? Take care, guys. Have a good night.